Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, departing and arriving Liberal MPs meet to reflect on the election and think about what comes next. It will be very important for uh, uh, for the government to provide the necessary reassurance with respect to uh, economic security and growth and prosperity in the future. The Prime Minister holds meetings with more provincial premiers. I've been reaching out to premiers, to mayors, to business leaders, to uh, colleagues and former colleagues on. There's uh, a lot a lot of work to do to make sure that we're uh, governing for the entire country. And MPs wait to find out if they'll have a seat in the Liberal Cabinet. It's my job to represent their interests in Ottawa. It's the Prime Minister's job to make sense of all of the talent he has around the table to form the best cabinet he can. It's Friday, November 8th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by Peter Van Dusen, CPAC's executive producer and the host of Primetime Politics. Good morning, Peter. Morning, Mark. Yesterday, we got to see former Liberal MPs, or soon-to-be former Liberal MPs, those who lost in the recent election, and some newly elected MPs, some returning MPs. Um, What do you think was uh, the message that we got from that? Obviously, one of the most high-profile who lost his job was Ralph Goodale, who had a lot to say about what the priorities should be going forward. What did you take away from what all of the departing and returning MPs were saying yesterday? Uh, I think it's sort of a... Sort of two observations I'd make, Mark, is it's it's pretty clear they know what happened. I mean, they're uh, everybody's identifying the concerns in Western Canada, concerns about national unity, the conflict over energy development and, and climate change. But what I haven't quite heard yet is I, I haven't heard what you know what the way forward is, and maybe it's a little too early. Uh, maybe they're still working on exactly how they're going to try and com- accommodate all the concerns and. Uh, deal with Western alienation and Western anger. Uh, you know, Ralph Goodell made it clear that for him, this is the number one priority. This is a guy who survived on, what is it, nine, ten elections, uh, when it always looked like he might be in trouble when the Conservatives were, uh, you know, uh, putting on a strong performance in election campaigns. There was Ralph Goodell every time, but not this time, and he lost big in his seat in Regina. And so his his message in speaking to reporters uh, was pretty clear there this anger is real uh, the clash is real uh, between you know a commitment from a central government to deal with climate change and and two provinces who feel completely like they've been left out in in the cold so to speak in, in Alberta and Saskatchewan that their concerns aren't being taken seriously that the the product that drives the Canadian economy is taken for granted and they're not happy about it and he says that needs to be a top, top priority for the Liberal government now is how to deal with this anger and alienation and frustration frustration in Western Canada. But what I after this gathering, uh, it was kind of interesting to me to watch as they all talked about, yeah, we have to address this, we have to address this. Nobody said exactly how, except that we're listening and we want to be partners. But then the Environment Minister, she's still the Environment Minister, and we'll see what happens. Uh, when we get the next cabin on, on November 20th, Catherine McKenna was saying, was asked point blank, well, listing's one thing, but are you prepared to backtrack on a carbon tax? Are you prepared to revisit these concerns in terms of taking some sort of concrete action to, you know, meet their concerns and demands? And her answer was, we can't go backwards. You know, I met with all the provinces for a year when we were drafting our, our climate plan that included pricing carbon. I did all that, and we can't go back, we can't go back, we can't go back. Well, that uh, that to me suggests we're, we're not 
getting any further away from a confrontation with these provinces. We may be, in fact, uh, getting deeper into confrontation. But we'll see if there's some kind of a different approach, uh, you know, articulated by the government in the next couple of weeks. But what I haven't heard is anything beyond we're listening to your concerns, but what are you going to do about them? Yeah, and uh, I think the same could be said about uh, the approach that Andrew Scheer took the other night when he was answering questions about uh, what he thought of, of uh, same-sex marriage. Is it a sin to be gay? Uh, that sort of thing. It, it doesn't sound, even though, again, it's a minority parliament and everybody is supposed to have been humbled by that, that it doesn't sound like there's uh, a change in approach there either, right? No, um, it's almost as if they're, you know, they're a little bit tone deaf to what we actually saw in the results. The results are we, we, we didn't want to reward any one party with power. And so you need to work together. You need to find places to compromise. And, you know, I think what I'm hearing is a, is a hardening of the divisions. I'm not hearing so much in the way of compromise. And Andrew Shear, I, I think it's interesting to watch in the Andrew Shear, uh, you know, um, meetings with media is the same thing we saw during the campaign. He's going to be asked, and, and, that, and that's going to continue. And I'm in talking to conservatives. I know some of them are finding this very difficult. That there's always a, a difficulty in answering these questions about, you know, social issues. And yes, I'll defend rights, but you know, and the, you know, make what you will of the question: Is being gay a sin? And he moves on to answer that we'll always defend rights. Uh, that's not the answer to the question. And he's going to keep getting that question, whether conservatives like it or not. And he's going to have to come up with an answer that's that's uh, either, you know, re- you know, reflects his personal position and says, look, this is this is what I believe. And I think what, what voters are looking for is, you know, make a connection, make a link between your personal views and how you would govern and tell me how those two things will always be separate and how you won't view anything differently and I think that's the challenge he still has and I think uh, you know the, the, the you know the comments he made with reporters if people were looking for after a, a long long caucus meeting you know, what was it seven hours after all of that to still come out and be kind of where we were before the caucus meeting I'm not sure we moved any further down the road uh, with what Andrew Shear would do differently in another campaign and it could be honest sooner rather than later in a minority government. Uh, what about these positions? It's not like we have a campaign in, in 18 months from now, Mark. All these same questions won't be asked again. And conservatives know that. So I think there's got to be some clarity in all of this before Andrew Shearer. He survived coming out of the, the caucus meeting yesterday. They, the, the caucus decided not to take on the responsibility of dumping the leader. They want to leave that for the membership if it's going to happen. So he's got between now and this convention in April to try and uh, – you know, convince party members that he's got a position that is clear, that is defensible, and that can be, uh, you know, traveled in an election campaign across all kinds of different uh, possible supporter groups beyond just the base. It's one thing to get the base on side, but they can't win with just the base. They won the popular support, but they can't win uh, government uh, without broadening the support they get. And it's going to be hard to do that when he's having trouble answering these questions. All right, uh, let's talk about uh, the meetings the Prime Minister is having this week. He met yesterday with the Premier Prince Edward Island, uh, who you spoke to uh, on your show, and uh, meeting with Brian Pallister, the Premier of Manitoba, today. What do you think the Prime Minister is hoping to achieve with these meetings? 
Well, I think he's trying to get a sense of, uh, I, you know, I, I think there was a genuine feeling, uh, and what was obvious more than just a feeling, it was obvious that there are some very strained relationships with some provincial premiers. So I think he wants to be seen to at least be, you know, going through the necessary steps of consultation uh, based on the election results. Uh, it was a nasty campaign, and a lot of the nastiness involved Justin Trudeau, uh, you know, criticizing conservative premiers in this country. And I think, you know, they were put off by it, obviously, and, and some of them responded. And I think this is, a, this is an effort to say, okay, we've seen an election result. Uh, let's go through the process of trying to, to meet and have a discussion about where we can agree and not agree. And I think it's what I found really interesting about the conversation with Dennis King from uh, Prince Edward Island is, is I think it's, it's, he's an interesting guy to the extent that he's a progressive conservative premier in a government, in a minority government with the Greens in Prince Edward Island. And so he's, climate change is front and center, and he and I talked about that. So he, he's more of an ally to the Prime Minister than he is an enemy, uh, some of these other Conservative premiers are. So I think he's trying to get a feel for, okay, you know, where can I, where can I actually make progress with some of these premiers, and are any of them possible allies that can bring the other premiers on side? And I think based on the, the chat we had earlier, uh, uh, Mark, I think it's, you know, I, w- I would come back to that, to, to Catherine McKenna's comments about on a carbon tax, we're not going backwards. You know, is there any way Justin Trudeau can find allies in some of these premiers with a view to having them bring other premiers on side about the need to work together to, to fight climate change and, and not go back to what we saw during the campaign, which was the constant sniping and, and, and fighting over carbon pricing and climate change? All right, let's talk about what's ahead. Uh, what, what do you expect in the next couple of weeks as we lead up to the announcement of the cabinet on November 20th? Well, I think that's the next big thing. Uh, I think the, the the construction of the cabinet, the structure of the cabinet, will tell us something about, you know, what 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 kind of a relationship the government wants with these other key stakeholders, the other parties in parliament, the premiers. Uh, I think so. There's some some big challenges here, uh, you know, and you'll you'll start to hear ramping up all the rumors of who's going to be uh, who's going to be doing what and whether some ministers who've been there for some time change. You know, the finance minister, um, what happens to Bill Morneau, we'll watch for that. Uh, Catherine McKenna, uh, you know, you know, uh, uh, has probably equal parts of friends and enemies on either side of the carbon pricing debate. So does if she remains, based on comments, we, as I've referred to a number of times in our discussion, that we're not going backwards, we're going to push forward. If she remains, I think that'll be a clear signal that the government has no intention of backing away from carbon pricing, no intention of backing away from imposing uh, a federal backstop on provinces that won't uh, impose their own own carbon pricing regime that satisfies the government. I think we see those kind of key positions, and that'll be a, a, a real message for how the government wants to proceed. All right, Peter, thank you very much for joining us today. All right, Mark, you're welcome. That's Peter Van Dusen, CPAC's executive producer and the host of Primetime Politics. I think Andrew's going to be very honest. He's a very direct, honest person, and I think that he absolutely will acknowledge where there were shortcomings. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. At globalnews.ca, Bill Kelly argues conservatives aren't getting the message. Kelly writes... 
The fact that federal conservatives decided to rally around their leader may, in their minds, show some solidarity for him, but it also shows they didn't get the message from voters. Outside of the conservative strongholds of Alberta and Saskatchewan, voters were not willing to accept Andrew Scheer and the conservative agenda as an alternative. In the minds of most Canadians, they have become regressive, and we aren't buying what they're selling. At Policy Options, David McLaughlin argues conservatives need a new value proposition to present to voters. McLaughlin writes, Politics is a game of addition. You win by adding new voters to your coalition. So why do federal conservatives focus on their core vote all the time? When you turn your base from a floor into a ceiling, you will lose every election, every time. Seeing politics from a movement perspective as you cater to values voters and mobilization of supporters, not adding to your overall voter pool. In the Ottawa Citizen, Andrew McDougall argues Andrew Scheer's curse was Justin Trudeau's weakness. McDougall writes, The Conservatives smelled Trudeau's blood and hid their light under a bushel in response. There was no talk of reinventing or reimagining conservatism for the 21st century or any policies that would cause a non-base voter to have a look. Had Trudeau been miles ahead going into the election, Andrew Scheer would be getting plaudits for boosting the seat total by 20 and getting a larger share of the popular vote. In the Globe and Mail, Gary Mason makes a case for the Greens merging with the NDP. Mason writes, The Greens can stay the course and try to build a broader platform that is palatable to a greater cross-section of Canadians, or they could merge with the NDP. The ideology that underpins each isn't radically different. If the two merged and mapped out a credible approach to economic matters while having a strong environmental manifesto, they might grow into a force that could become a threat to the Liberals. Now, let's look at what's coming up on Canada's political agenda. As we mentioned, the Prime Minister will be meeting with Manitoba Premier Brian Pallister in Ottawa. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Friday, November 8th. Tune into Primetime Politics Weekend on CPAC for coverage of all the week's events. Our podcast returns Tuesday morning. Have a great weekend.